The reconciliation bill and the infrastructure bill are in huge trouble. Thank God. Joe Biden continues to show through his cabinet picks just how moderate he really is. Mm -hmm. Kamala is terrible. And Greta is back. How dare you? This is Gene, and you're listening to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Hey, hey, this is Gene. Welcome back to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Well, today I was going to talk about my Halloween costume that Josie and I decided to negotiate. And I kind of got screwed in the whole deal. We'll talk about that later because it's only October 1st, so who cares about Halloween? But what I do want to talk about is all of these news outlets that really want your business, but then make it so difficult to let you have their business. So I I decided today that I wanted to go over the op-eds of the Washington, or not Washington Post. I do actually have an account with the Washington Post, but the New York Times. And I never wanted an account with the New York Times because they're just terrible people. Um, But then they they really threw some things at me and they sat back and said, oh, we've got so many Pulitzer Prize winners and it's great and you get informed and, you know, democracy and we're $4 a month. So I said, okay, $4 a month, $17, $4 for the uh, week, for the, or $4 a month for the first week, $17. I already have an account with the, with the New York Times. I just never actually bought them. By the way, I have a ton of newspapers. I, I, I read a lot, if you don't know this. I do read a lot. So the, I, I sat back and I forgot my password. So I said, I'll subscribe. For $4 this month, I'll subscribe. And then next month, I'll pay the 17 lousy dollars. And they ended up, it took me literally 45 minutes to change my passwords. Now, it's not just liberal outlets like the New York Times that do this. Though I didn't have, because I didn't really have a problem with the Washington Post. It's also a Washington, not Post, excuse me, Washington, um, uh, yeah, I guess it's the Washington Post. I can't remember who it is. But anyway... I never had any problems with them, but I did have a problem with the Wall Street Journal, who's substantially more expensive because they're more, they are a more legitimate newspaper outlet. And it took me almost two hours and I had to change an email address in order to get into the uh, Wall Street Journal. Well, after 45, you, you know, here's the thing. I was an IT guy and, you know, information travels at the speed of light these days. I think if the Wash, if the New York Times wanted a lot of people to read their newspaper, because no one does anymore, that's why they're offering four dollars a month. The Wall Street Journal's not offering you four dollars a month. They they've never done that. And the Wall Street Journal, I'll tell you, I pay a lot for, and I love it. It's there's they're great. New York Times, not so much. They're offering me four dollars a month, but then they're making it difficult for me to get to. I'm not interested that much that you're going to discourage me from actually signing in to get a subscription to your newspaper so I can pay $4 this month and then $17 a month after. The Wall Street Journal, I can see that because the Wall Street Journal is a legitimate newspaper and they don't offer me any deals and I actually want to read their crap because I I really am interested in their stuff. So here's the deal. 
information flies at the speed of light unless you need to change your password. Then you're hosed. It could take days. And I, I learned that with the Wall Street Journal, which I just used a completely different email address. I learned that with the New York Times, which I just completely used a different email address. So, hey, here's here's a newsflash. I, I should be the marketing guy at the Wall Street... Well, not the Wall Street Journal, because they don't give a damn if I... But I should be a marketing guy at the uh, New York Times. Yeah, make it easy to change a password. So, let's get to the news. All right, economic debate. Uh, it's going. Um, Washington is in a complete crap show right now. It, it, they're going absolutely nuts. I've been watching this on television. It, it, everything's going absolutely crazy. So here's what's happening. We were supposed to have three votes this week. The debt ceiling, the reconciliation bill, and the infrastructure bill. And absolutely nothing happened <laughs> as far as those go. Sort of. Okay, so the debt ceiling. Let's, let's go over what has happened. So the debt ceiling has been temporarily suspended. Um... This will allow the government to actually keep going till about December 3rd. The House is now, uh, sort of. October 17th, they're going to run into another problem with the debt ceiling. But I don't know what that is, and I don't want to discuss it, because this is going to be a long podcast if I tried to figure that one out. Um, the House approved the suspension of the debt ceiling, uh, 254 to 175. The Senate approved it, 6535. And President Biden signed the bill on Thursday night. Now, I personally think I am embarrassed for Republicans. Stop being cowards. Stop being cowards. There's a reason they did this. They did this to stop this reconciliation, this 3.5, which actually is $5.5 million trillion reconciliation bill. I personally think, let the Dems own it, go. But, okay, they get nervous because... God, you don't want to shut down the government for whatever reason. I mean, it's taken me eight months to get my freaking passport. They're, as far as I'm concerned, they might as well be shut down. But whatever. They decided to sit there, negotiate it, and it's still being held over Democrats' heads. So, fine. But the Democrats also had to figure out, okay, now that they had this, let's do the reconciliation bill. And they were supposed to vote on it on Thursday night. So did they? Yeah, no. They didn't. The Democrats had some ideas of getting... Uh, so, And that has to do with the debt ceiling still. So the reality is, all these votes that they're talking about, probably not going to happen. Simply because of that debt ceiling. It is that big of a deal. And Republicans are holding the debt ceiling over their heads so that these bills don't get passed. And I think that's a great idea. Now, the problem Democrats have is, okay, so how do we get rid around this debt ceiling thing so we can spend, oh, $7 trillion in the next year? Well, they had a couple of ideas. The first idea, and I'm not talking about ending the filibuster. That's not a thing. It's never going to happen. It's not going to happen in this cycle, political cycle. But there are a couple of really interesting things that they... And by the way, those interesting things, yeah, no one's going to do them. They're, it, they're, they're pretty insane. 
So let's talk about those. There are two ideas that we're actually going to talk about today. The first thing they talked about is by is creating a trillion dollar commemorative coin. That's right. So here's what Newsweek explains. Another left wing outlet. Quote, the idea of minting a trillion dollar commemorative coin to shore up the nation's finances comes from an obscure law that gives the U.S. Treasury Secretary, Secretary the authority to, quote, mint and issue platinum bullion coins and proof platinum coins in accordance with such specifications, designs, varieties, quantities, denominations, and inscriptions as the Secretary, in the Secretary's discretion, may prescribe from time to time, end quote. Proponents have picked up on the denominations note there, arguing that any amount could be minted at a normal coin size and deposited into the Federal Reserve to prevent a national debt crisis. So, in other words, what they're suggesting is that let's just create a trillion dollar coin and we will put that coin in the in the treasury and that coin can be used to pay off our debts. It sounds kind of insane, and what's insane is it would be a platinum coin, but a trillion dollar platinum coin, you would think this thing would probably be about four feet four feet around in circumference, and it would weigh about 30 pounds. No, no, no. They're saying they can create this coin and just, just call it a, a trillion dollar coin. Yeah, I, I'm sure you see there are some problems with that whole thing. We'll talk about that in a second. Now, this isn't the first time these guys came up with it. Barack Obama, when in during his administration, he also had a problem with the debt ceiling. And one of the things, the idea is here, you can create this trillion dollar coin and you can pay off your debts without actually taking in debt to pay off the debt. We'll talk about that, too, because it's insane. Obama actually initially thought about it in 2017. He sat there and said, quote, uh, he said this on Podcast America, which is a far left-wing podcast. If you're interested in sanity, listen to that. I do. I, I like Podcast America, honestly. There, quote, there was a theory that I had the authority to issue through the Mint this massive $1 trillion coin, and on the basis we could try to pay off the U.S. Treasuries. It was very realistic. It was a very realistic possibility that we couldn't get the votes for that, and we couldn't get those debts rolled over. And we would be in a situation where we are technically in default. At that point, you were in uncharted territory. Yeah, no. Barack Obama, as much as he is a radical, he's a leftist, um, the reality is he's also very realistic about things. I, I, I really don't have a problem with Barack Obama. He's a very clever politician. For example, when Europe, when the European Union wanted the United States to integrate the euro and we would use the euro instead of the dollar, Barack Obama was smart enough to say, no, go kick rocks. We're not doing that. And now you look back and you think, thank God Barack Obama wasn't that level of radical. Joe Biden, not so much. Joe Biden is an idiot. But outside of that, there's a couple of issues with this whole thing that Barack Obama knew. First off, this is not different than printing money, which is why he was worried that this trillion dollar coin that they is not worth a trillion dollars. But they said it's a trillion dollars. It's because it's like printing money. 
And that's why, well, yeah, you can call it a trillion dollar coin. That doesn't mean it's going to pay off our debts. And then you're looking at some major issues here. If you think that's a solution, that's a fake solution. And if people do not embrace the fantasy that is a trillion dollar coin that is the size of a silver dollar, you actually haven't fixed anything and now you have to still pay off your bills. It actually doesn't address the problem. It's a fake solution. And by the way, if you decide to create a coin that is actually representative of a trillion dollars, that doesn't stop the fact that you don't have the trillion dollars in the treasury. You need to be able to have something backing that coin up. That is not like the gold standard where you had a, a set of gold, you had a you had an amount of gold in Fort Knox that you that backed your dollar. This is literally a coin the size of a silver dollar that's made out of platinum that they said is a trillion dollars. Not that anything is backing that coin to make it worth a trillion dollars. In order to get the money to back that coin, to make it worth a trillion dollars, you have to tax people a trillion dollars and then make sure that that money is in reserve for that coin. That will make it worth a trillion dollars. You see the problem with this whole thing? And this is something that Barack Obama, to his credit, said. That's not who we are. We need to deal with spending. We need to deal with debt. And creating something that you say is worth a trillion U.S. dollars doesn't make it worth a trillion U.S. dollars. It's an artificial solution. We need to get, they need to get together as politicians, Congress, the presidency, and figure out how to fix the problem. Barack Obama basically said that. He was thinking about it. But he said there's just too many holes in this whole thing. There's another alternative to getting beyond the debt ceiling, and that comes from Janet Yellen. Now, Janet Yellen, isn't she is the Secretary of Treasury, and she's a horrible human being. Horrible. I, hey, listen, if I had $25, I needed someone to uh, invest my $25, I wouldn't be giving it to Janet Yellen. I don't care how much she's been working with finance. She's in favor of just saying, fuck it, screw it, get rid of the debt ceiling altogether. Now, understand, the reason there is a debt ceiling is to control spending. It's to make sure that we don't spend to the point that, oh, geez. And then in order to get the debt ceiling up, Congress has to approve moving the debt ceiling up. And then the president has to sign a bill saying, I approve of the death ceiling moved up. It is considered part of law. She says we should just eliminate the death ceiling. And there should be no chains on Congress or the president to spend. Now, here's the thing. Uh, one of the things that the, the Democrats argue here is that that death ceiling just doesn't get anything done. Do you know what the Founding Fathers argued? That Congress shouldn't get anything done quickly. And what Janet Yellen is arguing, come in, Janet Yellen is arguing is that the debt ceiling needs to go away so there are no chains. 
The idea with Congress is Congress was supposed to be, have a very difficult time making laws. That's why you have majority rules, minority rights, which is what the filibuster does. But of course, they want to eliminate the filibuster too. So the kicker is taking away the limit, the debt limit, just says unlimited spending. Now, let's take an example of this. You have a credit card, you get a $500 limit. And you reach that $500 limit because you bought that big screen TV. Now, according what would happen under the government, what the government wants to do, it wants to make it that you hit that $500 limit. Now you have to pay that $500 back. They want to make it that you can sit back and determine, okay, I want to raise my credit limit to $1,000 so I can take that $1,000 dump it into the $500 that I owe. So in other words, you get a five visa with a $500 limit. What they want to do is they want, with that same visa card, they want to raise the limit to $1,000 so you can pay that $500 with the visa card that had the $500 limit. Well, what ends up happening with that? And you end up now with $1,000 debt, right? I mean, that's how that's what they're doing. And what's going to happen what's going to happen with that 1000 that that $500 limit visa card that you just added another $500 of debt on you're up to $1000 what's going to happen when you have to pay that $1000 off well then you get just automatically increase it to $2000 and you pay that 5 do you see that what the problem is you're never getting out of the debt you are never actually responsibly spending you're not dealing with the problem this is what the government does and that's why there's actually a debt limit now the problem with doing this you're looking at something called stagflation stagflation means eventually you're going to have to pay off this debt and so you're going to have to raise taxes raising taxes causes stagnation because in this whole time, when you're raising taxes on people, you are also causing job loss because businesses who have their taxes raised are not going to hire people. And you're causing innovation loss because if people have to actually keep paying taxes, they're not going to be able to innovate because they're, innovate because they're not going to be able to reinvest into the company. They're going to have to pay their taxes. You're, so you're dealing with high taxes job loss, innovation, and in the end, in the end, the buck stops somewhere, austerity, where another country is going to tell you this is what you need to do with your economy. That will cause higher taxes again. It will cause inflation. It will, which, by the way, inflation is a form of tax. And then it will, uh, it will actually cause uh, other governments to determine our economy. This is just not a good thing. So people will actually lose all the benefits they're getting today. Benefits are evil. Everyone who says, I, I talk to my fiance all the time about this, and she sits there and says, benefits are terrible. Why are we getting this money? We don't need this money. Stop spending money. Well, they stop spending money because the real person who spends money knows you can't spend that kind of money. Now, this crap has been tried before. Japan has tried it. Japan was the bee's knees in the 80s and 90s. 
and then they took away the debt limit so they can continue to they could continue to uh, buy property and innovate and things like that. And their economy has been economically stagnant since they actually run into, ran into debt problems and they started getting to the point where they couldn't pay their debt. And they've been irrelevant economically since. They've got huge inflation. Have you ever tried to buy a watermelon in Japan? A watermelon, and they're square, which is really weird. A watermelon will cost you about $300. They've got major inflation over there. They're a very stagnant economy. They haven't innovated anything in years. Even their production is not done in Japan. It's done in Mexico. It's done in the United States. Some of it's done in China. They are a dead economy. And it's all because they got rid of their debt ceiling. Now let's get to the reconciliation budget, which is the big one. Uh, it's in huge trouble. It doesn't look like it's going to get through. The Democrats, per Bernie Sanders and the squad, wanted $3.5 trillion in the reconciliation bill or budget bill uh, before they even voted for the bipartisan. And I put bipartisan in quotes because I think there was like seven Demo uh, Republicans that voted for it, 17 that voted for it, before the bipartisan infrastructure bill. Democratic senators and reps said they would not vote for this bipartisan infrastructure bill if the reconciliation bill was not passed first. This was all Bernie Sanders' idea, and the squad really pushes it. So they needed to, not only did they need to vote for the reconciliation bill, they needed to vote for the bill untouched $3.5 trillion which actually comes out to about $5.5 trillion, which Bernie wants $6 trillion, but okay, whatever. Basically, Bernie and the squad have painted themselves into a corner because they only have three, a three-fold lead in the House and are, as of right now, down four votes in the Senate. Bernie Sanders is looking to undermine this bill by saying he will not vote for the infrastructure bill at all, whether or not this thing gets through. So he sat back and he said this on Monday. He said, I strongly urge my colleagues to vote against the bipartisan infrastructure bill until Congress passes the, a strong reconciliation bill. It also means that Congress will continue to ignore the, or I'm sorry, let's be crystal clear. If the bipartisan infrastructure bill is passed on its own Thursday, this will get, be in violation of the agreement that was reached with the Democratic caucus in Congress. It also means the Congress will continue to ignore the existential threat to our country and planet with regard to climate change. Well, here's the problem he fails to see. Joe Manchin and Kirsten Sinema, who are part of the Democratic caucus, never agreed to that bill. And they don't think it's a good idea to pass that reconciliation bill. And they were really borderline on the infrastructure bill. And they were like this from the beginning. So Bernie's either lying to you or he just is an idiot. And I think it's a little bit of both. Joe Manchin even wrote an opinion piece for the Wall Street Journal a couple of months ago explaining why it was such a bad idea. And he pointed out to the pandemic. He said, look, look what happened with the pandemic. Look how much we spent in the last two years because of this pandemic. What happens if we have another pandemic, but we don't have any money to do anything about it? We could actually be in big trouble. And he's absolutely correct. 
So Bernie last night went after those two. Two senators cannot be allowed to defeat what 48 senators and 210 House members want. We must stand with the working families of our country. We must combat climate change. We must delay passing the infrastructure bill until we pass a strong reconciliation bill. So he said it again, basically. This has never been a strategy I've ever understood. Instead of trying to convince the two senators that they're wrong and they should actually do what Bernie wants, they just yell at him, call him names, things like that. I don't know why they think that'll change their mind. And guess what? It never does. Also, Bernie is taking the math is racist approach to mathematics. It isn't two senators that are going to end this bill. It's 52 senators that are going to end this bill. He seems to forget that he has an us and them approach. He believes that no Democrat can be anything but a socialist communist like he is. And that's not the story. So here's what's happening at the moment. The infrastructure bill vote was put on hold. That was supposed to be done on Thursday, which is yesterday. It was supposed to be last night. It was postponed until the rec- until the reconciliation bill is voted on first. The reconciliation bill's uh, vote has been postponed. And in reality, it's been stalled because it doesn't look like it's even going to get through the House right now. There is no way the reconciliation bill is going to go through the Senate. It's just way too short. It'll never get through a filibuster, which they're not even going to need to do, and it won't get through. It won't get through Congress. It won't get. Uh, it won't get the um, minimum votes they need, which is going to be fifty-one. Uh, negotiations are still going on. I mean, it's the afternoon of Friday to try and figure out what that reconciliation bill is. Now, Joe Manchin said that uh, a an acceptable reconciliation bill will be around $2 trillion. And, and this is something a lot of people don't realize, I think we mentioned it a while back, it must include the Hyde Amendment. Now, that's a big stink. That's going to be a big stink. The Hyde Amendment is states that you cannot have government federally paid abortion with tax money. That's essentially what the Hyde Amendment is. The Democrats, the tricky dicks that they are, tried to pull that so they could get rid of the Hyde Amendment because they want to finance abortion. Well, he said no. And of course, government finance of abortion, that will add to the bill. So he wants that completely pulled out. It amazes me that Republicans didn't push that, even though they did. But it takes a Democrat to sit there and say, no, no, this has got to be removed. So right now, um, they are looking at uh, a 1.9, 1.8 to $2.1 trillion bill, which I still think is too high, and I still don't think any Republican should vote for it. That's what they're looking at. Uh, I have a feeling this bill will not be voted this week at all. I don't think it'll be voted this weekend. I don't think it'll be next week. I think if it does get through, and I think there's a decent chance it might get through, it'll still be completely partisan, like 51-50, uh, with Kamala Harris being the tiebreaker. But I think it's going to be substantially lower. I think it's going to be a huge loss. But if it is substantially lower, if they if they do make a deal with the Senate, 
and they're able to drop it to between 1.8 and 2.1 trillion dollars it's going to be curious to see if the house passes it so it's going to be a very interesting week uh next week and i i I just have a feeling that we're going to have to we're just going to have to wait and see how it works okay well i've got so much left and i i don't want to go through it so what we're going to do is there's one thing I do want to show because it's so much fun. I just can't skip it. I'll do a, a podcast tomorrow because there's just too, too much to go through. And I don't want to skip these other two stories. So it, it, this is fun, though. I miss Greta Thunberg. She's been gone a while. And since she turned 18, we can basically say anything about her. And we can't be accused of attacking a child even though she's mentally deficient. Um... That might even be controversial if we sit there and point out that she's mentally deficient. But she got Asperger's and she's got OCD and all sorts of fun things like that. But she's been given too much credibility by the left. So I really don't care what they think. And most conservatives don't. But here's what's fun about her. She's dumb. She doesn't understand science. She doesn't understand climate. She never gives arguments in her speeches. She yells at us. And watching her last speech, she looks like she needs a shower and maybe wash her hair with something that's not so environmentally friendly shampoo, a shampoo, because she looks like she, her hair is just absolutely dead. Good news for her, though. Um, she doesn't need to, she also doesn't need to like use words when she gives a speech. Now, she was at the youth for climate event in Italy. I mean, for a gal who, you know, doesn't drive or anything, and they always take planes and trains everywhere. I mean, this gal is all over the place. And she just sounded absolutely moronic. But listen to the speech, and you tell me about it. There is no planet B. There is no planet blah. Blah, blah, blah. Blah, blah, blah. This is not about some expensive, politically correct, green act of bunny-hugging or blah, blah, blah. Build back better, blah, blah, blah. Green economy, blah, blah, blah. Net zero by 2050, blah, blah, blah. Net zero, blah, blah, blah. Climate neutral, blah, blah, blah. Our hopes and dreams drown in their empty words and promises. Of course, we need constructive dialogue, but they've now had 30 years of blah, 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 and where has that led us? Over 50% of all our CO2 emissions have occurred since 1990, and a third since 2005. If this is what they consider to be climate action, then we don't want it. They invite cherry-picked young people to meetings like this to pretend that they are listening to us, but they are not. They are clearly not listening to us, and they never have. Just look at the numbers. Look at the statistics. The emissions are still rising. The science doesn't lie. So the good news for Greta is she doesn't have to use language anymore. She can just go blah, 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 blah. You know, I, I, and, and by the way, all she does is chew people out. She doesn't actually come up with any solutions. For example, she mentions Build Back Better, and I'm, I'm happy to say the United States is not cooperating 100% with Greta and her little tyrant, re, re, uh, tirades that she has. But 
um, exactly what science, but exactly why does she keep pointing out the United States? Why don't she just start yelling at India? Why doesn't she start yelling at China? They're the ones pumping out more emissions than the United States is. By a long shot, China's almost double our emissions. But she always manages to scream because she's a freaking communist. That's why. It's that simple. She's a communist. She wants to eliminate. She's just a leftist, a piece of shit, crap leftist. That's all she is. I mean, I don't know how this broad hasn't just fallen into irrelevancy. This was a terrible speech. And by the way, what statistics is she talking about? Because the last I, last I checked, there are no statistics. There are only climate models. This is the this is what's so great about climate and idiots. Like I mean, I can't stand this broad. She's a freaking terrible human being, and I think she doesn't do it on her on her on herself. She's stupid too. I mean, you could tell she's got mental problems. She's just not all there. But the problem with this this climate environmental thing, there is no science on it. Only models. We've got 150 years of weather recorded. That's it. Since about 1870. That's it. That's all. You're going to determine a million years of weather based off 150 years of data. What statistics is she talking about? I'd love to debate her. What statistics are you talking about? What science are you talking about? Because the scientists are screaming, we're going to die next year or 10 years from now are basing that off of models and not one model, but 50 models, and they're basing it off the worst of those 50 models. Remember, we talked about the UN climate report that came out about four months ago, five months ago. That climate report had 50 models in it, and the, the, the media focused on the worst one. Where we're going to go up 8 degrees Celsius. And this is some bullshit that she doesn't tell anyone about. We've been talking about this crap since the 70s. In the 70s, it was global cooling. And we only had 10, 15 years. And guess what? 10, 15 years went, came and went. Then in the, early, in the late 80s or early 90s, they talked about global warming. We're all going to die by 2002, 2001. 2002, 2001 came and went. Then you had that idiot, Al Gore, with his stupid movie saying we've got another 10, 12 years and we're going to die. That 10, 12 years, that was 2012, 2011, came and went. We're still here. Weather hasn't changed any. And then now, 2019, you got AOC screaming, we've got till 2030. And then all that time, you've got this stupid idiot, this brat, who needs a freaking bath sitting back and saying, well, you guys, I hate you all because of the, you know what? No, gives, go and die. I hope your boat sinks the next time you go over there. No one cares about what you think, except those fuck, those idiots that are sitting there cheering for you. She's garbage. Her speeches are garbage. They're complete. They, there is absolutely no goal to them, but for some little communist to walk over there and start screaming at people. Go to school, go to college, get your liberal arts major, and shut the F up, Greta. All right, I'm all worked up. 
there will be a podcast tomorrow. We'll go over the stories I didn't get to. Maybe there'll be some news on this reconciliation bill, but I doubt it. Have a great weekend, guys. This is Gene, and you've listened to Dumbass Talking Politics. Thank you.